Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Uh, the cold weather has officially arrived here in Franklin, Tennessee, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm liking getting to wear hoodies and sweatpants everywhere. Um, ho- hopefully, wherever you're at watching or listening to this, uh, maybe Jack Frost is making his way to your town as well. I've always been kind of a fan of the colder weather, but I'm enjoying this. I I love this time of year. Um, Thanksgiving is next week, which is crazy, right? It's next week? Yeah. Next week. Next Thursday. That's crazy. And and (laughs) before we know it, it'll be Christmas, and then 2023 will be here, which is wild. But um, we'll be continuing doing these podcasts throughout the holiday season, and I'm excited to be a, a little bit, uh, be able to share a little bit of the season with you all who are listening and watching. And so I want to thank you all for tuning in and to remind you all that if you want to become a partner of the show, as well as a partner of the Katinas ministry, the best way to do that is to visit the Katinas.com. Um, on that website, you'll find a give button and that'll take you where you need to go. Um, so there's the intro and we'll get into this week's guest you all i'm sure recognize who's in the studio with me today my uncle john katina uncle thanks for being here man thanks josh thanks for having me i think this is my third time and a little different yeah but, uh, always good to be here yeah i'm glad you're here i uh I, I always enjoy having you know you are one of your brothers here because your faces are on the <laughs> cover of the podcast whenever you watch and so uh, and it's because of you guys that we're doing this, so I'm excited to get to talk to you. Um, I guess since this is your third, it, it might actually be your fourth time. I think at least, yeah, it could I don't be. Know, you're definitely at least. I, I think third you, time. you, and funny enough, your twin brother are, have been on the show the most. Yeah? Actually, wow. Um, <laughs> but uh, since you're a veteran of the show, I'll just get into it and ask you uh, a question that I've asked yeah. you before. Yeah. Um, and it's this, what's going on at home? Man, that's always, uh, you know, the thing about that question is uh, things are always changing, and at least in my life, yeah. evolving. I uh, feel like I find myself here maybe every six months or so. And and so even though it doesn't seem like a long time, a lot happens mm-hmm. in six months. And uh, uh, But I'd, I, I would be... I'm fortunate to say there's been a lot of good things that are happening, and um, we just uh, just busy with you know traveling with the Katinas, obviously. Uh, but this is always a busy time. One of my favorite times, the fall, I mean, really the ending of the summer, and coming to the end of the fall, going to the winter is my favorite time because uh, my boys have always played sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but football was always uh, my favorite sport yeah. to watch and to didn't get to play. None of us played sports, organized sports. But um, once my boys were interested in playing football, I was like a kid in the candy store. Mm-hmm. So uh, they three of them are still playing. Um, and so there's been a lot of uh, Friday night games. And my oldest son, Zion, is actually wrapping up his fifth year at Kennesaw State. As a matter of fact, next week will be his final game in like three days. His final football game of his career. And he's been playing since he was 11, 12 years old, and now he's 22. So a little over 10 years strapping on a helmet and and shoulder pads and – 
a lot of us got to see him last week at his final home game, which is his senior day yeah. at Kennesaw State. And it was kind of emotional. But anyways, a lot of football going on. And then um, I'm really excited, Josh, in about in two months' time, January 20th, I will begin married to uh, my fiance Shelly, <laughs> that, that you've met. A lot yeah. of people have not met her. but uh, Shout out to Shelly. Yeah, she loves, she's a fan of the podcast and. Um, I'm just so excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, we've been, we've had a great uh, courting relationship, but even before that, we, uh, about six months, we were, we were just good friends and getting to know each other. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the next chapter and to see what God has for, for us as a blended family. Yeah. Never done that. So that'll be new and different, but we're both, um, we're ready for that, you know, the the, the good um, memories to make, but maybe even some of the challenges that we don't we don't know what that's about. But we're we're uh, at least willing and, and ready to tackle all of that. And so, uh, yeah, just a lot of family stuff, family dynamics. And uh, so it's been a, a, a good a good season yeah. at home. That's as awesome. Well, I'm very excited for you and, and Shelly as well. I told Alexis that I was going to be having you over for the podcast, and she said, make sure you ask him about the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is my one wedding question for you, yeah. Uncle. Whatever you're uh, comfortable sharing uh, about like the details of what your guys' plan are for, for the actual Oh, wedding. absolutely. Well, the details are, are very, let's uh, see, I was going to say, outlandish mm -hmm. but i'm exaggerating because we're we're doing something very simple mm -hmm. we're going to the justice of the peace in san diego nice. and uh my sons my five sons will be there and her four kids will be there um and that'll be it and mm -hmm. we're just That's going beautiful. to um exchange vows and then have a great dinner nice. across the street from the courthouse um and have a good weekend together mm -hmm. And uh, man, I'm I'm excited. It's you know we both have done the the big um, traditional wedding, so to speak, and so we're like, well, let's do something totally different. And so uh, I believe that what we have planned, what we what we decided to do, is is just that. That's awesome. And uh, I'm actually moving into our condo uh, next month. Nice. Uh, here in Franklin, and then after we get married in. On the 20th of January, we will get in her car and drive it across oh, country. Wow. Probably spend four, three or four days That's a, on a nice cross country make a honeymoon trip. out of it, kind of. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go to Hawaii the oh. week the, the week before that. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, let's get Hawaii first, okay, and yeah. then we'll do the cross country trip. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that's the plan. A post honeymoon. Well, exactly. I'm excited for you guys, Uncle, and I know Alexis will be excited to hear about <laughs> yeah. that. She li she's one of our loyal listeners. So there I mean, you go. That's that question was for you, honey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I do want to talk to you about. So I've said this before on the podcast, but my brother Eli has told me that um, sometimes I tend to talk too much about sports oh, man. on the show, and so. I would say for the last, like, at least six months, I've been very conscious and selective of the times that I bring up sports on the podcast because I know not everybody who listens is as big of a sports fan as maybe I am or the people in our family. Um, but I feel like I've built up some, uh, I've scored some points to where I can talk to you about sports tonight. Uncle. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, first sports, this is sports and family question that i want to talk to you about is uh going to zion's senior day yeah, game yeah. um his last home game of his career um a lot of the family got to go down mm -hmm. and, and support him and see him and you said that it was uh there was a lot of emotions for you what was emotional to you about that and and you know what kind of things were you feeling and and Maybe what were the things that you cherished the most about that day? Yeah. Well, I've actually been thinking about that game um, for the last couple of weeks and just found myself um, just kind of reminiscing since he uh, first played for the Franklin Cowboys. You had your 
mm-hmm. your stint there and Eli and a lot of the my sons and um, Boston. Uh, so th- I thought just how one how I always hear man you know you snap and you or you blink and and it's all over with mm-hmm. as far as certain monumental stages in a young person's life uh and and for zion and playing playing football what's interesting is um i'd say out of the five of my sons zion was probably the least passionate about or didn't show much interest in playing college football Mm. until he got his offers and once he got his offers which he got the first one his um the end of his junior year um it was actually spring ball getting ready for his senior year when he got his first offer. And then it was like the week after that, or the next several weeks, a bunch of offers came mm-hmm. in. I think it just boosted his confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I think he would have been like, nah. Unlike my, my other boys have always just been um, crafting their huddle films and, and yeah. sending them and going to camps, this, that, and the other. Um, and it could very well be that Zion will, may be the only one out of the five boys yeah. that play college ball. Jet had uh, some offers. River did as well, but they just both decided that man, you know, either their bodies just took a toll or just lost interest. Mm-hmm. Um, now Steele is a junior. He's gonna be. A, he's got one more year in high school, and uh, Blaze will be a sophomore next year. They're very much um, in the mix, and uh, Steele's got a few interests uh, from a few schools, and and Blaze is all about it. But you know, it it changes. Mm-hmm. But so for Zion and just thinking about the grind that he put his body through, um, the the attention to detail, the discipline. I mean, it's it's literally your life. Right. And, and I've always heard um, college athletes and professional athletes say that when you get to college, man, it's it's pretty much your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was blessed with a, a full ride, so just. Um, what an opportunity for him to get an education just all paid for because of football. Um, but the game, uh, so it started with the, they have a tradition for the home games. They've got this owl walk, right. which is two hours before game time, where the the buses will drop the team off on the main road that leads to the front of the stadium. And all the fans and the families are standing on either side of the road and um, so as he was coming through, I was like, man, this is this is his last walk. Yeah. Um, he's been at Kennesaw State for five years. He redshirted his, his freshman year. So it just seems like, man, he's been there for a long time. Yeah, he's been a part of a lot yeah. of owl walks. And yes, yeah. absolutely yeah. been a part of a lot of owl walks. Zion's played a lot of ball because he, mm-hmm. he started for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, never missed a game. Um, and even that part, I mean, he... He's never missed a game, but after every game, he can barely walk. Right. I mean, you've been to some of his. I did not know he's never missed. He's never missed a game. He's yeah. never missed a game. Um, he's one of the few linemen, current linemen, that have played every position except for center. Wow. Um, this year, he's played every single position. And so um, it, it was emotional just to, to see him um just still going through the same routine it was it was still like just another game for him just his preparation right. and his excitement his energy but for me I was uh I was torn because that was going to be my last perhaps my last time watching a game at Fifth Third Bank mm-hmm. uh, Stadium in Kennesaw um unfortunately they lost they played Austin P, and it was a, a, a really tough physical game and, and they were on the losing end um so that made it even just you know, tough, tougher. Um, they got one more game, but I think uh, it's it's almost just like, man, this is an, a, a a final finality closure to something that he's done for more than half his life, yeah. and it's coming to an end. But I'm so proud of him. Me too. He loves that community. Um, he, he and I have talked several times about his desire or. Uh, He's not ruling it out that he he wouldn't get a job and live there. He mm-hmm. he's found a great friend group, a great community, a great church there, and so uh, I'm so proud of him. He's done an amazing uh, job re- representing himself, representing um, his family, and all the things that he stands for. He's been solid, yeah, so solid. So yeah, yeah we're so proud of you, Z. And <laughs> you know, I, I, Uncle, I've had um, 
I've had some athletes on the show before and I grew up around athletes and everyone, every athlete who's ever lived eventually, they, they play a final game or a final match and then that part of their life is over with. And for some of us, it comes earlier yeah. for someone like Zion. He's well, he's into his adult life now and right. he's still playing. But this Saturday after the game, he'll take his pads off for the last time and uh, football will be behind him. And I know that a lot of times that can be a challenge for, for athletes, especially if you play longer, yeah. uh, playing to, to college or if you're lucky, lucky enough to play at the pro level, even then, eventually... It all comes to an end eventually, and um, but with that being said, even for Tom Brady, huh? Yeah, even one day Tom Brady (laughs) will take them off for the last time. But (laughs) I I feel pretty confident that Zion is going to transition into the next season of his life pretty smoothly. I agree. Uh, There's some people that I'm like, man. When he's oh. done playing, it's going to be really hard. When Tom Brady's done playing, it's going to be really hard. Well, I he think. tried to stop yeah, yeah. already. So. But but I, I'm sure Zion will miss uh, parts of the game and parts of being a part of, the, uh, of a team like that. But I don't know. There's something I feel like um, I'm just confident that he's going to do well. And so, Zion, if you're listening, man, well done. Finish strong, bro. Um the selfish part of me wants you to move back to Franklin mm-hmm. when you're done graduating. So I'll just put that little one in there. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I love you, bro. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, and I think that's the other thing that I'm so um, I'm proud of all my boys. But for Zion, I already see uh, just how he's looking t- to the near future and to to what's next, which is next week. You know, yeah. after it's all said and done, I think I think he'll. Um, reminisce and 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 there'll be some some uh he'll just think through all of the highs and lows of what he's been through physically mentally um and and but then like you said man he's he is going to he's going to do great at whatever the next thing is um he's always he's always been very steady even even with football it's it, it never was like man this is that's that's what defines him yeah. or he never came across as that athlete mm-hmm. who's like man he's he's going to have a problem once it's over i just yeah. i've always known him to be like man this i'm blessed to do this but this is not what defines me this is not my whole life right. this is just a part of something i'm doing for this season for sure and beyond that in a few weeks, Z's going to have a college degree, which mm. is awesome. Z, wow. We're proud of you for that, yes. too. Even Absolutely. more proud of you. <laughs> exactly. For, for that's getting that's really what it's about. Yeah, that's uh-huh. amazing. But that's a huge accomplishment as well. So, dude, a lot of milestones <laughs> coming up for Zion. Um, well, thanks for talking to me about that, Uncle. I do want to move on to um, maybe a little bit of a sore subject. But you walked in my house wearing a Lakers hoodie today. Mm. And I want to just talk to you about the state of the Lakers. So the season has not started off well for them. I think that's probably an understatement. I think I know we have three wins right now. <laughs> um, three and ten. Three currently. and ten. Is that the record? Currently, three, yep. yeah. Three and ten. Um, bottom of the Western Conference. What do you think? is holding the Lakers back right now. By the way, for you, for you listeners and those viewing this, this is this is some really important. <laughs> this is important conversation yeah. here because this is really taking a toll on us emotionally. Oh, it really does. Um ask me the question again. What with, what do you think is holding back the Lakers right now? Why are they losing games? Um well, you know, Josh, this um this didn't just happen this year. This is a, a a culmination of of bad moves and decisions from the front office. Pretty much after they won the championship a couple of years ago, was that twenty twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, um, that was a shorter season. It was a. Some people try to put an asterisk next to that season, but to, to no. me, that was a that was a legit yeah. uh, championship. But then after that, um, I don't know what happened. It just didn't seem like they they did what the Warriors have been good at. When, when they 
won their championships. They 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 would lose some players, but they would get better, mm-hmm. make better moves. Mm-hmm. The Lakers have not done that in the no. last two years, and and it's catching up to them. And um, and while that's happening, LeBron, who's who's still our best player, is just is getting older. He's right. two years older than he was, and he was he was considered old when he won that championship. Mm-hmm. And so he's a he's a freak of nature. But um, as we see right now, it seems like every third game he's he's nursing an injury mm-hmm. or he's you know managing his body. Um, so I think a lot of our woes have to do with the uh, the the not so good decisions from the front office. Yeah, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but I, I just I I think um, they they've missed it. We need we need shooters. I've always said we yeah. need young um, wing players that that can defend and that that can shoot it's funny i we've been saying that for three years now, yeah and it never happens i feel like so if you're a laker fan or an nba fan specifically laker fans like the lakers are arguably like the biggest brand in american sports oh absolutely. they're up there with like the yankees and the dallas, dallas cowboys, cowboys yeah. definitely the biggest brand in the nba yeah but the way the the actual organization is run, it's still run like a small family business. Yeah. yeah. And there's pros and cons to that. And right now I feel like we're witnessing the cons. Mm-hmm. I think, so when Magic Johnson left, first off, Magic was brought on because he's part of the Laker family. Mm-hmm. You'll see that when the Lakers are hiring front office people, there are always people that are part of the Lakers history. family. Yeah. And... That's not always a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah. I, like, we're missing out on some good candidates. We could hire anybody we want. Absolutely. We could hire the best people in the business. Anyways, I won't go too far into that. But when Magic Johnson left, Magic was the president of basketball operations. Mm-hmm. Rob Palenka was the general manager. Mm-hmm. When Magic left, Rob became the president of basketball operations. operations. And then we never filled the general the GM, general manager yeah. role. And so we're the biggest brand in the NBA. And for three years now, we haven't had a general manager, which that's, is crazy. That's insane, yeah. And, you know, there's even like, there's people like Kurt and Linda Rambis <laughs> who, we I still don't even know what their actual role is yeah. with the Lakers, but apparently they make big decisions yeah. for, for the team. And to your point, Kurt has... He was yes. a, he was a former Laker uh, back in the day, and Linda is like and Linda and Jeannie are really really good friends. Jeannie Buss being the owner now, principal owner. Uh, but but that's a good point you make. It's like I think there are pros and cons mm-hmm. uh, because what you, whenever you say man, it, when you talk about corporate America or mm-hmm. a sports organization, a franchise, and whenever people say man, they they're they're, they're like a family mm-hmm. people. There's such an appeal to that, right. but on the the downside is sometimes you uh, become too loyal to where you you don't know how to get out of your own way yeah. for the for the betterment of 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 your brand of your organization for your team, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's really what's going on right now even, with the Lakers. Even Rob Palinka had connections to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, he was an and, agent. Yep. Yeah, so. I just feel like you're not going to be able in in the long term to be successful if you're running a team like that. Yeah. And you brought up the Warriors. I feel like the Warriors, they're they're run like Apple or Google. Yeah. Like they they have the best in the business at at what they do um, from the top down. Yep. And it all starts at the top. And I feel like until we can get out of this mom and pop family business mentality yeah. uh it's gonna be hard for the lakers yeah. to to find success yeah so i mean i i feel like um i don't know you know so what was it about that 2020 season was it just because well it was a perfect storm they got you know lebron ad the year before that uh, uh that was, was it a- that year that was ad's first year yeah um they had some young pieces i mean 
uh, KCP, uh, uh, Kuzma, Caruso, Ca- Caruso mm-hmm. you know, defending wings that can that were decent. I mean, KCP is still a great shooter in the league, and so that kind of recipe right there. And then yeah. the year after that, they got rid of of some of these guys, and then uh, coming in this year, we make the trade for Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and lose even more of our defenders and right. and shooters. And uh, I don't know. There, I, I just don't see. I don't know what we're waiting for. I hear that we may make some moves after the game twenty or something. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's too late. if we go, if we go five and twenty, our our superstars are too old, in my opinion, to try to make up that gap. Oh yeah, to, to make the playoffs, even though there's eighty two games. This league, man, if you fall. That far behind, it's hard to make ground. I think if the Warriors started five and twenty, they, it would be hard. And they're for them. they're not doing much better than yeah. we are, so I'm not sure what's what's going on there. But the Lakers definitely don't have what the Warriors have in in shooting, in young wing mm-hmm. defenders. Um, I mean, our superstars can't even. It's it's rare that they even play together. You know, LeBron, AD, and Westbrook, right. because when LeBron's healthy. AD's gonna. So there's. Uh, we got to <laughs> hope for the best, man. Yeah, I think last thing I'll say about the Lakers is it, it's easy to say this now, but when we won the title in 2020, it it baffles me that we didn't do what we could to to try and at least maintain the identity of that team. That team was big, uh, physical. They played good defense. They actually didn't have... We weren't the best shooting team in the NBA. Yeah. We were below average shooting team, but we had size and athleticism, um, and we played good defense every yeah. night. And we won the title doing that, and then we just blew it all up, and we haven't gotten back to it yeah. since. Although I've always been, I've always wondered what would have happened the year after that. Right, we played Phoenix in the first round. Mm-hmm. And we were, I think we were up two to one when yeah, we AD got hurt. Yeah, remember that? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what could have been if if AD stays healthy? We're, I believe, we're winning that series. Sure. So. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say that. if AD stays. And I don't know if you remember, we barely got in the playoffs that year. Yeah. Um, I right. think Phoenix was like either the one or the we, two. Seed. Yeah, they were. They might have been the 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 two, and we were the seventh seed okay, or yeah. something like that. But we were up two. To, I think we were up two games to one, yeah. and and playing well that game. AD gets hurt, and that was it. I think we lost in game six. Yeah, well, <laughs> coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah, you only get so many shots at yeah. it, and unfortunately, I think the window, at least with LeBron and AD as the core of the team, is closing fast. If it hasn't already closed, yeah. but okay. But one other sports question I want to talk to you about. Um, we were actually discussing it on our infamous sports thread with yes. you and a bunch of the uncles, some of the cousins. Um, but the college football playoff, yeah, which is fast approaching, uh, the rankings came out. I think either today or yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, our our team is Southern California. We're sitting at seventh. Right. So here's the rank off the top of my head. It's. Georgia, right. Ohio State, yep. Michigan, and TCU are yep. currently the top four. Yep. And then it goes. And they're all undefeated. Yep. Right. And then it goes Tennessee, Tennessee. LSU, USC. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that if SC wins out, I think we're going to get in the playoff. We'll finish top four. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we're in control of our own destiny. Um, how do you feel about that? You know, so which would mean for them to win out, they have to win. They obviously have to win the the Pac-12 conference, right? Game, so right? we beat That's UCLA, Notre Dame, and then yeah. I think it'd be either Oregon or Utah. I, I think you can make an argument because of what they've done since they had the loss against Utah. Right? They've not only gone undefeated. Um, Oregon and UCLA lost last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we still got Notre Dame and UCLA to play. So if you win that, those will be two. And then solid that third wins. game mm-hmm. would be the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, I agree with you. It's yeah. hard. I I just it's it's I don't know what the BCS what 
because I think what they've done, what it's always been, is the top. You know, right, the top four mm-hmm. ranked teams at the right. end of the season go. So will they let say Tennessee wins out? Right. I know we have some Tennessee fans that yeah. listen to the show, and they're going to be mad. If that- Tennessee wins out, say, I mean, even Ohio State and Michigan got to play. One of them is going to say stays undefeated. The other one has the one loss mm-hmm. to each other. Um, will the BCS let you know little USC from the Pac-12 jump? You know, an SEC team with the one loss or a big Big Ten team with yeah. the one loss. I think the difference maker for USC is that they'll have the conference championship. Yeah. I think if Agreed. UT wins out and say the the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game, yeah, even if they that's their only loss, neither of those teams are going to play in the conference, the conference championship. True. So that's a good. The wild card though is in my opinion, is LSU. Because LSU is currently ranked ahead of us, and they're going to get a shot at Georgia in the SEC championship. I wouldn't bet on LSU to win that game, Mm -hmm. but if somehow, by a miracle, they do beat Georgia in the SEC championship, I still think Georgia gets in the playoff. And there's no way they're keeping the SEC champion out of the, the playoff. So I think... At that point, it would probably be Georgia and LSU, whoever wins the Ohio State-Michigan game, and then TCU. TCU. If TCU stays undefeated, which I don't know if – who knows what could happen. The games still have to be played. It just gets a lot harder if LSU somehow beats Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. That would be hard if they got to the conference, SEC conference, beat Georgia. Um, but how do you overlook their, you know, their losses? They have two losses against one against Florida State. Yeah. And then was the other one against Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Um, Tennessee lost against Georgia. Yeah. I just think with the way college football works, I agree it's hard to ignore the losses, but to be the conference champion of the SEC, mm. I don't see a way that that team doesn't make right the, the playoff. I think. Let, let's see, because that I don't, I don't, I don't remember a, a two-loss team winning the. I don't remember when when the last time that happened in the SEC yeah. conference. Well, I know. So I think USC actually one year was a two-loss Pac-12 champion. Yeah, and we didn't get in. We've never been to the playoff. Right. Which is in the, sad. In the, in the BCS format. Yeah. yeah. I think it started with my maybe my senior year in high school, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State actually be Alabama in the, in the national wow. championship that year. But it'll well, be I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm uh, excited and anticipating when they move to the 12-team yeah. playoff series. Yeah, I think there's, it'll be. There's, just, there's too many teams, mm-hmm. and every year you end up with you know a half dozen one-loss teams or four undefeated teams. So. Yeah, someone's going to get left out this yeah. year, I think. Yeah, it, no, absolutely. Honestly, it could be USC. I yeah. think UT is the other team that they. But I think both of them deserve a shot at the playoff. But one of them's going to get left out. Yeah. And then LSU. Who knows what's going to happen in the SEC? Well, TCU. Game. I mean, I, I know if 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 you compare their strength of schedule with any of these other top seventeen, it doesn't even come close. But if they end up undefeated, how yeah. do you, you can't leave them out? No, you, know? you can, you have to. A pow- an undefeated Power Five conference yeah. champion, they have to be in the playoff. I yeah. think is, but hopefully with this well, expansion that's coming. So this is very hypothetical. Yeah. Say say USC gets in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're biased, you mm-hmm. know. I feel like our offense. Oh, uh, it is. the the only The only place where I don't know if our offense um, can can really be on the same. Uh, level as the SEC teams is on at the O line, you know, place. But I mean, our skill, our we, I'd say we have the best quarterback in the nation. Yeah, probably one or two of the best receivers in the nation. Um, Die got hurt, so mm-hmm. we got to go running back by committee. How do you how do you feel we would do? Say even if we barely got in at, so- at the fourth spot. If we're the fourth spot and we play Georgia, yeah. I think they'll mop the floor with us, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I think uh, our defense is just a problem. Yeah. Um, and we're, 
I, I think we are definitely a good team. I agree with most of what you, pretty much everything you said. I just don't think we're on that level of like a Georgia or an Ohio State or Michigan right yeah. now. TCU, but, we could probably we would probably hang. Yeah, with them. but I don't think we'd end up playing. No, to, I think what's funny is even if TCU goes undefeated, they'll st- still probably be a, the three or the four seed mm-hmm. um, when it comes down to it. But yeah, I think. SC deserves to make the playoffs if they win it out. Um, I don't think we are um, quite prepared to play a team like Georgia or Ohio yeah. State or Michigan right now. And put put the playoffs aside, to me that's a big difference between uh, re- really every conference compared to the SEC mm-hmm. is in the trenches. Yeah. The O-line and, and, and D-line – in the SEC conference is uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's it's the way they it's their weight training. Yeah. It's it's coaching. It's it's I don't know where they, the they find these, <laughs> where the, they find yeah. these, yeah. these physical specimens. But Pac twelve, we all I think Pac twelve has the skill player players to to compete sure. with any conference. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, you 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 have some of these conferences, SEC, you know, ACC, big. Big Ten, who recruit a lot of their skill guys from California as yeah. well, and so, but it's always interesting to me um, to to see just the physical difference in on the line. Yeah, between it's the SEC. Yeah, I, I mean, and I think yeah. there's a reason too. Like you see in the NFL, the highest paid player on the team is the quarterback, mm-hmm. and then after that, it's the left, left tackle. tackle. And I think it's because like. I don't. I don't want to make people mad when I say this, but it's a supply and demand thing. There's a lot of fast five nine guys who can jump really high mm-hmm. and are really mm-hmm. explosive. There's a lot more of those guys than there are six seven three hundred twenty pound guys right. who can run. Yeah. And so, if you have one of those guys, you're already automatically at an advantage yeah. because there's only so many of them to go around, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, it seems like for some reason those guys always end up in the yeah. SEC, and I think that's why uh, that's why you see a lot of dominance from from yeah. that conference is because they win the trenches. Well, exactly, and that's and even in the evolution of football, not just at the pro level but even the college level, it's it's high powered offense. People want to see quarterbacks, you know, throw the long bomb to the, and so you can only do that if you're quarterback is upright mm. and you got the the five dudes up front you know um protecting them yeah. otherwise um it's not a good brand to to watch right and the next highest paid player is the edge rushers <laughs> there you go so that's where the money is exactly is, is quarterback and then there's a the method trenches. to the yeah. madness man and so i think yeah, I'm excited to see what USC can do, not only this year, but moving on in the future. Like, I think Caleb Williams is only a freshman, right? He's or a sophomore, sophomore, true sophomore, though. True, he oh, started true as sophomore. a true freshman. So, so he, he's got... At least one more year. Yeah. Yep. Um, another year with Lincoln Riley. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't, see him, I don't see him staying past his junior year. Yeah, unless no. he, he got hurt or He'll be a first-round draft pick. He yeah. might be the number one overall pick yeah. whenever he leaves, but... I think SC has a bright future. Um, it would be huge, though, just for I think the morale of the program if if they can find a way to to win out, win the Pac-12, and and make yeah. it to the college football. Again, player. back to your point: if we beat UCLA and Notre Dame's playing really good football, mm-hmm. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. They're just mm-hmm. a a big brand. You win those two games, win the conference. Yeah. Uh, that's a good resume. Yeah, and this, at that point, they probably would have been on a six-game win streak, mm-hmm. six, six or seven. Yeah. And our only loss is not horrible. We lost to Utah Away. by one on the road. Yeah, should have won it, but Utah, yeah. Utah, what's interesting is Utah could actually, I think, be in the— Utah is in the—they're number 10 right now, so— but I think there's a chance we could actually conference? play them in the conference championship, that would be cool. which would be awesome. We could avenge the loss, um, which would make this the, the the resume even better. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Fight we on, could, baby. We could lose Fight this week on. and all this whole conversation is for nothing. But, Uncle Jesse but, and I were watching the Oregon Washington game, right? Yeah. 
And part of me was glad Oregon lost, but I was like, man, that, that, that kind of hurts us yeah. because, yeah. you know, we want Oregon or whoever we played to have one loss too. And UCLA lost too, yeah. and that was just like, oh, Well, wow. the same thing happened to UT last week actually with – because one of their big wins, they have more big wins than we do, but one of their big wins was their Kentucky win. And Kentucky just lost to <laughs> I Vanderbilt. That's I saw not good. it was Vanderbilt's first SEC win. That's the biggest in their 26 biggest win. games. Yeah. Wow. First time they beat an SEC school in their last 26 yeah. tries. And so good for Vandy, not good for UK. Anchor down. Anchor, <laughs> anchor down. down. <laughs> uh, that's here in Nashville. You know what's sad, Uncle? I've lived in Nashville my whole life. I've been to one Vanderbilt football game. Really? Yeah. Have you uh, been to any? I, you know what? I've been to one yeah. against Ole Miss. Okay, yeah. Uh, we had a friend, Ben Aingamo. I think you've met him before. Mm-hmm. He was coach. He's at Liberty now, but he was a D-line coach okay. at Ole Miss. And so he got us tickets to the nice. Vanderbilt game. Any Anything on the Steelers, man? What's, um, what's going on with the black and yellow? As far as the Steelers <clears throat> go, I feel like this season is not surprising yeah. me at all. Um, I'm glad that Kenny Pickett is Me too. playing now. Me too. Um, I think we're going to have a high draft pick again, uh, which will be nice. I think, you know, the main, the thing that's sad to me is that I feel like we're kind of burning away guys like TJ Watt and mm-hmm. Mika Fitzpatrick's best years. Yeah, uh, I have a feeling that by the time we're contenders again, they're yeah. going to be on their way out. Yeah. Um, I just hope, I hope we can get there while they're still on the I team, know. if that makes sense. Right. But what or that, think? or that they don't, you know, get traded away. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, I mean, we got a young quarterback, but it, it, uh, you know, you, we talked for a few minutes about the importance of an old line. Yeah. We don't have one. We, we it's, it hasn't been great. Well, for years we had at the heart, we had Pouncey and DeCastro at center and guard and those guys were pro bowlers every year it's hard to replace those guys Mm -hmm. and so um i do like i think it was last week we traded away chase claypool i actually liked that move just because i believe i think george pickens is going to be really good yeah um and i think we got like a draft pick or something out of it and you know it's hard to say but like winning games this year doesn't actually help us so yeah Claypool might have helped us win games, but they're kind of yeah, they're empty wins. So, well, I, and as bad as we are, we're I think we're only two games, uh, two or three games from the, from the top in our yeah. in our division. Well, our uh, division being, has struggled yeah, this year. Being being Baltimore, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been tough. The Bengals have really surprised me, like with their early struggles co- coming, coming off, off of the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think the Steelers are the Steelers. I've, I'm more confident that the Steelers are going to be able to build back. I'm more confident in that than the Lakers, to be honest. Well, let, let's look at the leadership of yeah. the and and the Rooneys are a tight family. But right. what what's cool about the Rooneys is they don't micromanage people mm-hmm. and they they bring in the best. Right. Uh, case in point, I mean, Tomlin's our what third, the third coach in the history of that yeah. storied franchise. Right. Um, I mean, I trust it, as long as Tomlin is there, uh, we're not going to have a lot of these these years no. where these kind of like rebuilding, kind of rebuilding thing. Uh, the Steelers are, yeah, I, I agree with you. They're they're going to be. They're going to get to the top quicker than the Lakers, yeah, unfortunately. which is crazy considering we have two of maybe top ten players, yeah. but whatever, man. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers, it's sad that, you know, I try when the Lakers have bad years like this, I find that it's not easy. I, I can't get myself to disengage. I just suffer through it and just watch. I just At watch midnight, them lose. we're yeah. still up. Yeah. But, on the years that we're good, like it legitimately a, improves my mood and like my quality of life, which probably is not a healthy thing. But like, the Lakers carried me through twenty twenty. Yeah, like that year, as crazy as so it true, was, man. the fact that the Lakers won that was the bright spot. Yes, of that the, really of year. lifted me, yeah. um, and helped me get through right. that year. So I need the Lakers. to I'm start I'm just winning baffled again. why we went 
from being the champs to barely making it into the playoffs and then not making it last year. Well, Uh, I think we just, for whatever reason, we didn't maintain the identity of that 2020 team. I think like guys like Alex Caruso and KCP and even like Danny Green and those guys are, are, I don't even want to say it, but like Rajon Rondo, I didn't like Rondo, but those guys were, LeBron and AD, they won the games for mm-hmm. us, but those guys were the identity of the yeah. team. They played hard they defense. Had a, a role. They yep. hustled. They could hit shots when you needed them to. Like the Alex Caruso one, I I still have a hard time getting over that we just let him go. Mm-hmm. for. We just let him go because we yeah. didn't want to pay him. But then we traded for Russell Westbrook, who's like the third highest paid player in the league. And it just uh, so I, we, it makes let, no let's, sense. Let's not give LeBron a, a easy pass because I think that some of yeah some, oh, of, no. some of that was on him. LeBron James. The thing is, LeBron. I I said earlier we don't have a general manager. LeBron James <laughs> is the general manager, and point. he's the worst GM in the league. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, it's it yeah, that's is true. That's what you get when you when you bring a guy like LeBron on your team is. Now it's LeBron's team, and yeah. so you go as LeBron goes. LeBron's still playing great, but mm. this roster is just very hard to watch. And I don't, um, you know, people have even been talking about for a while, like making the trade, trading Russell Westbrook and maybe two first round draft picks for Miles Turner mm. and Buddy Heald. But at this point, like if we're if we're gonna wait till say we're five and twenty. It's not even worth it. Yeah. Like the, the, those guys are not that great. They no, that'll help us. We might as well just hold on to the draft picks at that point. I mean, because say say you bring those guys in, we do make that move. We we could possibly get in in on the the playing game, maybe even win the playing game and get in. But I'm telling you, man, there's there's too many good teams in the West this year that I just. I watched the Pelicans and the Grizzlies last night. Those two teams yeah. are on the come up. Yeah. And, and they're just and they're still probably, you know, the third and fourth best team if that. Right. I th- I think we're just repeating ourselves, but the Lakers are a long ways away, so. Yeah. Um well, Uncle, <laughs> thank you for talking about sports with me. To our listeners, thank you for listening. I know there's going to be some people us. that enjoy this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Eli, I think you'll enjoy it too. Um, but I love you, Uncle John. And <laughs> love you, uh, man. I'm thankful that uh, I have uncles that I can chop it up with about sports and share that with. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. This was yep. fun. You know, who, uh, let me ask you, who's your, who would be your favorite uh, sports podcast? Who do, you, who do you like? Favorite sports podcast? Um, I probably would say Colin Coward's yeah. show. I enjoy I like his. Colin. I mean, I listen to... There's another show I listen to. Um, it's called Lakers Film Room. It's really just all about the Lakers. I probably listen to that more than any other sports Ooh. podcast. But for people who want to listen to just sports in general, I like Colin Coward a lot. So that Lakers one, mm-hmm. are they are they just like mad at when when they're discussing things all things lakers like yeah right so now. so actually it's interesting so it's it's hosted by three guys one of them's mike trudell i don't know if you know who he oh, is yeah. he's like the he's a chief, an out, yeah he's yeah. a media like yep, sideline reporter absolutely. he's, he's been with the Lakers Laker network yeah. yeah so mike trudell's on the show and then two other guys i don't know their names off the top of my head but um one of the other one works for the lakers and he has like a coaching background and so he kind of talks about he talks about it from like an X's and O's standpoint, like where the Lakers are miss what what's missing as from a coaching standpoint. Trudell takes it more from like a um, a sideline reporter gotcha. thing. And so, how do they feel about uh, Ham as a coach? Uh, kind of Ham's mixed. getting a pass from them because mm-hmm. they feel like. The roster that he has is tough. So one thing, through the first seven games, even though we were losing, statistically we were the number one defense in the NBA through the first seven games. And then since then, (laughs) we've dropped to like 28. And so Ham's 
I don't even really know anything about Darvinham, but supposedly he's like a defensive yeah. coach. And so they were saying, a lot of what they're saying is that the effort on the defensive end has just fallen off. It's not necessarily Ham's scheme. The scheme hasn't changed. Okay. It's, it's the effort and engagement. But Interesting. I don't know. I feel like Ham, this coach, if we had Greg Popovich, I don't think sure. it would be much better. Not with this be roster. Yeah. yeah. Well, interesting yeah. times, Lakers man. Film room. You guys should check it out if okay. you're a Laker fan. Um, we'll do this again in 2023, Uncle John. Gotta have, we got to have a part two after. Uh, let's see how the, the playoffs, okay, the yeah, college yeah. playoffs shakes out. We will. And see if our men of Troy get in, man. Yeah, and we'll, <laughs> hopefully, I, I don't feel great, but maybe the Lakers will be winning a little more next time we talk. I do like Westbrook coming off the bench and that he's oh, buying yeah. into that. That's 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 a plus. Yeah, West effort has like the buy-in and the effort has never been a question yeah, yeah. for Westbrook. Yeah. It's just the It would just be nice if all of our guys including like uh Schroeder and uh the other big guy Bryant, Bryant can come and I mean, you know, they're not going to make a huge difference, but just to have all of our pieces. Yeah. So. I also feel like we've been saying that for years <laughs> too. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Our, our our favorite trainer Nina, they let her go I like know. a year. There so you go, good. man. But all right. And, and well, Dwight Howard's still trying to come back. He's in Taiwan or something like yeah. that. <laughs> Good for Dwight. Get your money, Dwight. Go get your bag, get baby. Your, stay safe out there. <laughs> All right. I, we'll, we could keep going for a while, Uncle. But to those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.